Here's an artist that will say to you that all of the art you have ever seen was fake. Not only was it fake, but it was tragic. In fact, you would go as far as to call it a kind of torture. And just like mindless sheep, we play along because it comforts us. You're listening to the Unknowing Art Podcast, the show that makes you unknow the art you thought you knew. Together, we will walk through the maelstrom of ideas which forms the landscape of art. My passion is art history and theory, and this is my way of sharing it with you. For thousands of years, humans have made all sorts of things we might call art. This kind of art, he will say, is for the naive and weak-minded. He believed that art has a real power and that only those who have freed art from Philistine ideas will be able to practice what he calls absolute creation. And only then may the artist acquire their right to this power. What is this power, you might ask? Well, he would reply poetically and say that it is the power to swell the current of life so versatile. What in the world does this mean? Well, it gets even stranger. He believed that paintings are real living forms. Oh wait, it gets even stranger. Not only are we surrounded by fake artworks, but the actual world we live in itself is a kind of illusion, masking a higher dimension of reality. And only those who can practice absolute creation can glimpse into the truth and witness the creative nodes of the universe. So what kind of groundbreaking artwork did he make? Very simply, he painted a black square imperfectly on a white canvas. He was the first to paint hard-edged minimal and geometric colour abstractions. He was the founder of suprematism. His name? Kazimir Malevich. I'm going to read you a quote by Malevich. Listen to the urgency with which he speaks. It's as if Malevich is an alien who has flown down to Earth to save as many people as he can. But he can't stay for long, because he can't breathe oxygen, and he is suffocating. I have released all the birds from the eternal cage, and flung open the gates to the animals in the zoological gardens. May they tear to bits and devour the leftovers of your art. And may the free bear bathe his body amid the flows of the frozen north and not languish in the aquarium of distilled water in the academic garden. You go into raptures over a picture's composition, but in fact, composition is the death sentence for a figure condemned by the artist to an eternal pose. I say to all, abandon love, abandon aestheticism, abandon the baggage of wisdom, for in the new culture your wisdom is ridiculous and insignificant. I have untied the knots of wisdom and liberated the consciousness of colour. Hurry up and shed the hardened skins of centuries so that you can catch up with us more easily. I have overcome the impossible and made gulfs with my breath. You are caught in the nets of the horizon like fish. We suprematists throw open the way to you. Hurry, for tomorrow you will not recognise us.
This was the very real urgency with which Kazimir Malevich called to arms his contemporaries to renounce the art authorities of 1916 Russia, who according to Malevich, still produced the same art as savages had done thousands of years ago. He thought that all art was a pitiful parody of life, an illusion merely reminding us of the living. Malevich believed that art should create new forms in the world. What this meant was that the importance of painting could no longer be found in its pictures and compositions, but rather in paint itself. Painting should be freed from its shackles and be pursued as its own end. He thought this idea would transform the role of the artist, from a docile and unconscious labourer into a new reality, where the artist could live in tune with their intuitions and witness the creative nodes of the cosmos around them. What was at stake was not so much a style of painting, but rather the ability for humankind to have a creative will at all. Malevich was very spiritual, a kind of art messiah, who believed he had caught a glimpse of a higher dimension of reality through what he called pure creation. The sliver of a glimpse left the world around him an unbearable torture chamber, mocking his very existence. Malevich escaped Plato's cave moved beyond a world of shadows, but was ultimately condemned to a life in the cave, muted by the socialist realism that Joseph Stalin preferred. And so he hung his great creative force on the bony skeleton of man, where it shriveled up. Malevich once said about the French artist Gauguin. In the end, this was his own fate. Spring, 1915, St. Petersburg. Malevich was reworking some stage set design for a theatre production called Victory Over the Sun that he and his friends had performed two years earlier. The actors in the play were made to wear chunky, colourful and geometric costumes and performed in front of an enormous painting by Malevich. Malevich had designed the costumes and painting to be cubic and fragmented, inspired by the French cubists and the Italian futurists. During the performance, what stood out to Malevich was a spotlight that would occasionally move across the stage, highlighting parts of the costumes and parts of the objects, as if they were flat, free-floating shapes. This had developed his already growing interest in geometric space, and now, as he was reworking the stage design, he was about to push geometric space further than cubism and futurism ever had. Levich was about to paint the very first of his black squares. To put it simply, for centuries Western artists have painted objects as realistic as they could. Things began to change, however, at the end of the 19th century, as artists began moving away from realism. Cubism had helped fracture the object, and cubist artists like Picasso and Braque painted fragmented, geometric bodies. Around the same time, futurist artists like Boccioni and Russulo 
painted hard-edged geometric depictions of modernity, emphasising the weight and speed of modern life. Though Malevich thought these two new art movements were important, he had believed that they were not taking themselves seriously. Malevich knew that if you followed their claims to their logical ends, you would arrive somewhere completely different to the works they made. This caused a deep unease within Malevich, which led him to feel as though he could no longer continue to paint the way he did. Increasingly agitated, Malevich found himself spitting on the tomb of futurism. As he was working, Malevich began to reflect on some of the tremendous changes he had seen during his life so far. He had seen that the beliefs and technologies through which humans had perceived the world had changed so quickly and so drastically during his lifetime that humans were forced to abandon any fixed understanding of the world, and were instead confronted with an alien landscape that seemed confusing and chaotic. After all, Entire societies were crumbling down, as the First World War was then raging. Families and friends were being torn apart. All this death and destruction meant that life could no longer feel stable, and the forces which led society to this bloodbath could no longer be trusted. Many new technologies provided new perceptual experiences of the world. Invention of the motor car, and the development of railway technology, meant that humans could now experience travelling at faster speeds than ever before. Speeds so fast that looking out the window made the passing trees seem to blur as if matter itself were melding together. As if perception were playing a prank. The invention of the aeroplane elevated human perception to new worldly heights. And for the first time in human history, a conquest of air had begun. The invention of the telephone and radio greatly increased the speed of communication, while the invention of photography and the film meant that human perception could now be duplicated and edited by machines. Furthermore, the invention of the X-ray machine proved that there is a portion of reality that humans cannot perceive, which meant that humans could no longer simply rely on their senses, but needed tools to see the world for them. Meanwhile, the new wave of psychoanalysts claimed that there are parts of the human mind that are subconscious, suggesting that humans are not even in control of their own minds. And in linguistics, a new field called semiotics suggested that language does not correspond to real objects, but rather arbitrarily signifies them in their own artificial network of meaning. Malevich thinks to himself, can a man who always goes about in a horse and carriage really understand the experiences and impressions of one who travels in an express train or who flies through the air? Gigantic wars, great inventions, speed of travel, telephones, telegrams, the new life of iron and the machine, the roar of motor cars, the brilliance of electric lights, the growling of propellers have awakened the soul which was suffocating in the catacombs of old reason and has emerged at the intersection of the paths of heaven and earth.
Such radical changes to the way the world was perceived meant that the world could no longer be taken at face value. Instead, one should question the things that they may have taken for granted. Everything from the largest societal structures, such as desire and the economy, to the most mundane certainties, such as physical matter. During this time, popular scientific journals contained many articles about the pseudoscientific study of ether physics. It was a study that would try to uncover the fundamental nature of matter by researching the space that filled the gap between all matter. Many had theorized that it was some sort of invisible, immaterial substance, an ether that connected all matter. Many artists drew direct influence from theories of the ether. Vasily Kandinsky and the Italian futurist Boccioni painted images of matter dematerializing in and out of the ether. Malevich himself had even made a series of drawings where hard-edged geometric shapes faded on one side into a white background, which he described as one side of the element beginning to disintegrate evoking a sensation of definitive non-existence. Malevich, however, was less concerned with studying the material world of objects. He was more interested in the way humans use their senses to build a picture of the world in their heads. Malevich felt that in modern life, with such vast technological development and societal change, the picture that we build in our heads was somehow untrustworthy, and that the catacombs of old reason weighed too heavily on perception, and that humans should trust their intuitions instead. But he initially lacked an understanding of why he felt this way. However, what Malevich was about to discover would affirm his distrust and perception and would completely change the course of his painting. He was about to discover an entirely new reality, one which he thought would liberate him from the illusions of the world he lived in.